Camp Beta live, live from LMB's Pomona Gardens. <laughs> greatest, greatest place on earth. And it really is. I mean, <laughs> honestly, we talk about pizza a lot on this show. The best—I don't want to say the best episodes are about pizza, but often the best moment yeah. in any given episode is when pizza comes up. And this, in my humble opinion, I mean, okay, it's hard to be like ranking New York pizza places. It's a very personal thing. There are thousands and thousands, but I'll just say, anytime. The moment presents itself where I can go to l and I'm a very happy person. And I'm very happy right now. Do you think we can uh, get them to sponsor the show? I don't know. That might be tough. <laughs> are, we, are we too far left for them? Uh, given the history of this place, yeah, probably. Uh, but to set the ambiance here, and, and again, we are just recording from l and so uh, we're trying to give you all the ambiance, too, you know, like... Yeah, this is a real, real live. This is real on the ground fucking reporting. Real live podcast. This is real. This is the real shit. Um, I want to get first up to add to the. I'm gonna go for another slice. Yeah, to add to the sort of ambiance here, I want to get Sean's live reporting on a ba- a baker's perspective. <laughs> a baker's perspective of of the pizza. Can you hear me chewing? We're getting that shoe. Do it again. I'm. I think it's getting picked up. I got one of my own hairs in my mouth. This is this is live podcast. Yeah, this is uncut, <laughs> unfiltered. My hair is very long these days. I'm I've gone shaggy and it uh, is long. I like it in the, in the end days. Yeah. Um, so I managed to chew on my own hair there while I was scarfing a uh, spumoni. Um, yeah, from a baker's perspective. Um, so yes, Pomona Gardens. It's like, like you said, best is very complicated when it comes to New York pizza. This is its own thing. Like it, you're not going to put this up against a lot of other things because it's just its own. It's different. Yeah. Well, I was always a Sicilian slice guy growing up. So here, it's I know just this is a that, that's one of your particular. You always get a square slice. Always, slice. always, always. And here, it's just it's that on steroids. But it's it, it is it is the like. Uh, it is the platonic ideal of of a of a square slice kind of. It's very pillowy, mm-hmm. but it's got that crisp on the bottom. Lots of sauce, very acidic. So yeah, from a baker's perspective, this is you know a a, a medium a medium low hydration dough. Um, you know probably probably I want to say around sixty percent hydration. Mm. Um, uh, Notably uses probably no bread flour or very little, like like maybe a oh, mix okay. of bread and AP because it's very, like you said, very pillowy, very soft. So you're thinking that's the all-purpose flour that's giving it that. Yeah. I mean, I can't say exactly what they're using, but it's not like... None of that Caputo double zero. Well, double zero flour is um, uh, not super high protein, actually. Okay. Um, so is that what makes it better for pasta and maybe not as good for like a bread sort of product? Well, no, zero zero flour is used specifically for pizza because it's very extensible. Mm. It's ground very finely. Yeah. Um, so you can really stretch it. And okay. It'll, it'll stay together. Um, uh, which yeah makes it good for getting it thin. Right. Um, but not for this kind of thing. No, this. I mean, this tastes to me like like all purpose or like if it is a bread flour, it's not a very high protein bread flour. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, for instance. And by the way. Talking with your mouth full is this is the spirit of the episode. Oh yeah, no, this is I'm, this I'm going is there. writer uh, listener strap in because I'm going for another slice. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna spum- be a wild ride. There's spumoni here, so you know, gonna have to get one of those. <laughs> so yeah, if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're very hungry, um, I suppose I apologize, but you can probably go grab a slice somewhere nearby and it'll be pretty good. Yeah, come on down to Spumoni Gardens, or come on down to Spumoni Gardens. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, <clears throat> I guess the other very notable thing from a baker's a baker's perspective, or just from a pizza aficionado perspective, the top 
third to half of the slice is under to almost unbaked. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Sean's Sean's holding it up to me as if I have a camera. Uh, this is a this is a podcast, not a not a YouTube show, but I'm holding it up to myself <laughs> to stare at it in, in in awe and to examine examine the texture, um, but also to show to you. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, just, it's great. It's, it's a thing of beauty. But yeah, no, that's one thing you definitely notice is like every time I'm eating, I'm like, oh right, yeah, like the top is still not totally cooked. It's underbaked, yeah. yeah. And that's that's definitely something that some people might find very off-putting. Right, yeah. Um, I know that's... I've heard from someone somewhere that that's kind of like uh, something they didn't like or a like kind of controversial kind of point. My first couple times coming here, I was always confused as to where the cheese started and where, like... Because it kind of... Yeah, it kind of blends together. It kind of blends together, and you're like, oh, is this cheese, or is this, you know, unbaked, right. underbaked bread? You that's, know? The, that's definitely part of the beauty. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, the, the also notably, um, not super unusual for, for, you know, a New York Sicilian slice, but the, uh, the cheese is underneath the sauce. Yeah. Uh, which is then topped further by a layer of pecorino. Yeah. Um, the sauce is very sweet. Yeah, the sauce um, is very, it's very bracingly red. I, I remember it being it, more oregano-y. I haven't had Spumoni Gardens for maybe, actually I had it last year. Um, I remember the sauce being a little more oregano-y. Right. Um, I had it like a couple weeks ago. And <laughs> you're, you're a better man than I. Tastes about, <laughs> no, I just have a car. <laughs> Because <laughs> it is a hike. It's always a hike to get out here. It's actually not that far from where I live, but it's no, it's close to you. Yeah, it's not very easy to get here without a car. Right. Yeah. Um, I am gonna just grab another slice. You should come on. So yeah, that's that's really the basic kind of overview of the slice. Yeah, the, the, the top the top edges get pretty burnt. And charred. So this is always the thing. I'm like, I love an edge slice. I'm an edge slice guy. Yeah. Are you going to take some of this home? I mean, if we eat it all, then we eat it all. That's just life. Okay. So I might just take an edge slice. That's well, all the same to you. Well, yeah. Have, have as much as you want. Yeah. Mm. I mean, anything we don't eat out... Can be can be can be divvied up and oh yeah. I uh, see now that it's cooled a bit. Now you can really tell the cheese from the from the top. It, but it when this separate. thing comes out yeah. hot, and it comes out hot, it's it's a uh, it's indistinguishable. It's indistinguishable. <laughs> it's a very fluid experience. <clears throat> yeah, it, it really is a, a pretty singular. Singular slice, though. Um, I think a lot of the the like newer, uh, the kind of next wave of um, kind of New York hot pizzerias, um, like hyped pizzerias, foodie pizzerias, like uh, you know, like um, Apology Slice Spot, yeah, uh, Scars, whatever. It seems like we're going through a little bit of a kind of renaissance of the like true New York pizzeria. Whereas for like yeah, a that's true. It was a, it was it was all fancy places. It was all neo Neapolitan. It was like uh, Franny's, that place where the price of the pizza kept going up by like two dollars every year. To so the yeah. point where I was just like, "This is a thirty-two dollar pizza. It's a twelve-inch size of a record." That's, you know, that's perverse, ridiculous. That's a, a violation of pizzadom. Ridiculous, but yeah, no, I, I agree. It's kind of like it's nice, and this is you know this is a gigantic pizza for twenty-eight dollars. So it's you know. <clears throat> I mean, we could conceivably eat all of it, the two of us, but we would oh, yeah. not feel good. No, but we wouldn't feel bad. We'd feel great. Yeah, we'd feel powerful, <laughs> you know, <laughs> strong. Very strong. Ready to take on this... Uh, a nap. A nap. But also, you know, the it looks like it's going to... It's like... It's really starting to be fall here in New York, you know? So maybe you got to pack up for the pack up for the winter, you know? Oh, yeah. Get, the, get those... Get those... Get those... Uh, pounds on because it's going to be cold yeah um 
but no, I think I think like the, the kind of next wave, of or the the, the wave of uh, kind of hot foodie pizzerias that we've been seeing uh, are drawing inspiration from specifically Spumoni Guard. Well, also Detroit Pizza was a big thing here. I don't know if it still is, but like two years ago. Yeah, that started. That started kind of. There was a wave big of that happening. Yeah, and Spumoni is not. It's similar. If you think about Detroit Pizza. You yeah. get kind of to the area of where Spumoni is. Yeah, I mean, Detroit Pizza is definitely, like, breadier for one. Like, it's, it has more chew. Yeah. And it's a lot greasier. It's, it's greasier because it's, it's very... The Detroit Pizza thing, you got to have the cheese on the side that yeah. gets burnt and stuff. It's overflowing. They also use brick cheese, which I believe has a higher fat content. Well, it mm. almost definitely has a higher fat content than mozzarella. Yeah. It's just um, a nice... A nice clean mozzarella here. Yeah, this is this is um, again uh, an, another another point worth uh, uh, kind of stressing. They use sliced mozzarella here and not grated. Right, um, and that does help kind of assist in the kind of uh, underbaked dough uh, cheese amalgam mm-hmm. that emerges. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you wouldn't get that um, that smooth. You wouldn't get that smoothness. No, with uh, with grated cheese. No, you wouldn't, because it would like glob up. Here, you got a nice, a a nice irregular, yeah, irregular coverage. Yeah, yeah, which is good. It's 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 on a different scale than the irregular coverage you get from a gr- from like a grated mozzarella. Yeah, which ends up just kind of well. I mean, most of that stuff kind of sucks anyway. I always get whenever I go to a even like you know a normal slice shop, just a cheap standard one. I always go for the margarita slice because I want the fresh mozzarella. You you are a big fresh mozzarella guy. Yeah, it's just going to be better to me. It's going to be less, it's going to be more acidic. There's going to be like a little more sauce and it's going to be a little more of that. It's going to be lighter too. It's It's going to be lighter. Lighter on the gut. The cheese is going to be better in my opinion. It's not going to be as greasy. Like, you know, I I went through many years of, of, of being like a fresh mozzarella guy. I kind of prefer for pizza at this point. I prefer... The, the the dry stuff. Yeah. I prefer the, the, the kind of, you know, the crappy mozzarella. It's just not me. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. There's different types of people in this world, and there's different types of pizza for them. That's really? the beauty of life. Sean got a new, like, audio interface, ostensibly to make, well, to do a lot of things, but it should be making this recording better. Yeah, we're going to sound really, really it, cool. I really hope it's picking up all this chewing. <laughs> just really get in there. No. Because, I mean, it's a, this is a pillowy pizza so well one one when we're done let's get some chewing with the uh with the usi oh yeah yeah we're gonna need some some uh, really four-dimensional chewing add that in post yeah that can be for the youtube channel (laughs) the spumoni asmr channel the spumoni mukbang (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna bring makeup next time and look like a very pretty young boy and eat an entire (coughs) tray of spumoni gardens pizza Uh, that sounds great that's a good idea right that's how would that not be the greatest thing on YouTube. I don't know. That's gotta. That, I, I don't know. There's something they do. I think like the mukbang guys. I don't know. There's like. There's an approach that I'm that I'm not 100. percent Maybe because I don't totally understand it. Like when I watch a review bra video on YouTube or something, I honestly I honestly kind of like skip through the eating. I, I, I don't love watching someone eat. Review bra. I'll, I'll watch him eat. It depends on how much. It depends. It depends. Yeah. yeah. Because sometimes, like, sometimes embedded in the eating is, like, where the real gems are. Yeah, no, that's true. That's why I just click through on my on my keypad, you know, the five-second the five yeah. second scrub. You know, just to... That's the move. <laughs> just to get like, through. Oh, I missed something. I yeah, missed something. Yeah, because then you know if you miss something. You yeah. Know, you'll, you'll be like, oh, shit, I clearly got to <laughs> go back. See, I don't love watching people eat. I guess I'm assuming that all our listeners enjoy listening to people eat, because that's listening what we're Listening to people eat is great. Right listening to people talk about eating is great. Yeah. Is, was it a music podcast? Uh, th- we're, we're talking about the musical life, buddy. Okay. Yeah, that's true. This is musical life. Oh, by oh, I, I, I did. I remember that. I need to make sure to tell of one of my most precious and proudest DJ moments, which was I was playing uh, the bunker, a bunker show. It was at Market Hotel. This was two, three years ago, and it was me and Mike Servito and and Justin Cudmore all night, and I got well maria 909 some listeners may know she thank you thanks to brian she's the queen of brooklyn she brought three trays of spumoni gardens to the (laughs) dj booth and i ate spumoni gardens while 
DJing this, you know, <laughs> f- you know, a bunker party at Market Hotel. Beautiful. Really, just one of the pinnacles of my DJ career. I mean, I doesn't get better than that. How can you top that? I, uh, you can't. That's pleasure. You can't. You know. That's true hedonism. Yeah, there wasn't enough. On, I, uh, there wasn't enough to hand out. You know. <laughs> In <laughs> retrospect, that would have been a cooler move to. You know, pop it over. and so When I saw Cool Keith play in, uh, like, 99 or 2000, uh, did he play at Vassar? I was in college, and he was playing at a local, like, a, he played at Vassar or New, or, or New Paltz or something. Um, he threw out chicken wings to the audience in Ziploc bags with individual uh, handy naps. Very, oh, well, very conscientious. really thoughtful. Yeah, really thinking ahead. Yeah. Like, the whole time we feed our audience, we yeah. feed. It was amazing. Now I feel bad. Why? I, well, because I didn't. You know, <laughs> I mean, people love people. People don't love Moody Man because he sits up there and drinks a bottle of Hennessy. It's because he gives the Hennessy out to people. You know, he says, "Come on up," and pours it out for you. You know, that's why people love him, not because he's hoarding it himself. Well, next next which time, which is what I did with the pizza. Next time, you got to give that pizza. To out. be fair, these are huge. These are big pizzas, and you can't really fit too many in a DJ booth, you know. No, you got a bunch. You know, depends on how big the DJ. Good Room is a pretty big booth, but this was at Market Hotel. Did I say that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, you know, kind of. I imagined it at Good Room for some reason. Yeah, this is kind of uh, a little more, a little less room. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, six bags of records or whatever. Yeah. I'm taking more lactate precautionarily. Mm, Yeah, it's not like the cheese. You know, it's like. It's good. It's not like the cheesiest pizza in the world. So you should be, you know. Yeah, we, we have had some, I mean, well, you've just come over and eaten cheese. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you'll be, you'll, 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 you'll get through this pizza just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of the bulk that's going to get you. Fresh mozzarella is actually also worse for the uh, lactose intolerance. Oh, really? Than like the bagged sawdust um, stuff? Yeah, the, the higher, higher fat content cheese is better. The lower fat stuff is going to be uh, have more lactose. Okay. Um, and also fresh dairy is worse. More lactose. Like it's just a glass of milk. Yeah. I mean, mozzarella is just a congealed glass no, of milk. No, it is, yeah. <clears throat> I made it a couple times. I made burrata last year. Um, it's good. Highly recommend doing that. D- doing what? I made mozzarella and burrata last year. I've never, I've never made, I've made ricotta a lot, but I've never made mozzarella. <clears throat> it's pretty easy. Oh no! I made ricotta, not burrata. Yeah, burrata is a bit more of a. Oh yeah, I'm not sure a how more you. More of a science experiment. I'm not sure how you would make burrata. Ricotta is super easy. Ricotta is super easy. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. I was very into. <clears throat> I went through a very hardcore extreme dairy phase <clears throat> before I realized. Shortly before I realized <laughs> I was lactose intolerant. <laughs> Maybe they were linked. Yeah. Maybe sure. I developed lactose intolerance by just kind of really going there with with cheese. Right. Yeah. Of course. We live close to a, a fancy cheese shop. Do you? Uh, lived. Lived, okay. Back in Clinton Hill when Katie and I lived there. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so every day was just a, a new cheese journey. Mm. Um, was it expensive, was, though? It was expensive, but I'm content being poor. No, I know. But I used, I used to cut cheese at the co-op, uh, famously. Cut, used to cut cheese at the Park Slope Food Co-op. And, uh, I mean, then there you get a real good idea for what the markup on cheese is. Man. Oh, yeah. Well, like a lot of places in your, I mean, probably the, the, the market I was buying a lot of my cheese from, a lot of places just actually literally just buy their cheese from Fairway and mark it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even joking. And already the cheese at Fairway is pretty expensive. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe it's, maybe it's gone up since then because yeah. Fairway may have realized the racket going on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it used to be, I think, substantially cheaper. That's a good move, though. Marking things up from Fairway? Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, just buying stuff from somewhere else, marketing. I guess that's, I guess that's what <laughs> shops are at the end of the day. So it's true. It is just how they work. Yeah, it's just just the free market, baby. It works. <clears throat> it's, Invisible uh, hand. Merchants Capital. What is it? Part four of uh, Volume Three of Capital. <laughs> hey, I couldn't get through Volume Two, man. <laughs> well, that's a little citation for you, for you folks. Uh, never let it be said that the show isn't rigorous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cite everything. <clears throat> um, what I wanted to talk to to you about today, given that you know today it's a kind of kind of a gloomy day. It's really starting to get cold. I realized the other day it's October, and 
October one of my favorite months because it's it's movie it's horror movie time. Hell yeah, <clears throat> it's goth month. It's goth month, and we were sort of talking earlier. Um, we didn't really talk about it, but about Italo disco being this sort of time where you had a group of people seeing music from the other side of the world and interpreting it themselves. Yeah. And I wanted to flesh out that idea and at the same time flesh out how it's a similar process to Giallo, sure. Poliziotesco, all the like, I'm a big lover, I mean I'm not the only one, but a big lover of, you know, 70s exploitation, Italian movies, Gialli, and for those who don't know, Gialli being like uh, proto-slashers, kind of like taking from American thrillers, but making them way wackier, way weirder. Well, yeah, I mean, Giallo means yellow. It means yellow. It refers to, in Italy, uh, all like mystery books, like cheap paperback mystery books would have yellow covers. And so Gialli refers to like those books. Yeah. That would then, in the movies, is kind of like the movie version. So yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're like... They're detective, kind of pulpy detective. They're pulpy detective uh, stuff. Films, <clears throat> but yeah, like they they kind of, kind of took a pretty pretty trashy. Uh, yeah, they pushed like the sex and violence up pretty high. They like you know, uh, importantly have incredible soundtracks and you know do things a little more. Um, I don't know what was the word, flashy or the stylized, stylized, aestheticized. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that that kind of reaches the most extreme with with Argento, yeah, where the giallo becomes uh, uh, kind of supernaturalized. Yeah, yeah. Um, For the, I think a lot of people because they know Argento think like Suspiria would be kind of a giallo. It's not really, you know, because yes, Suspiria is technically not a giallo. It's more of that. It's more like a horror. Just a, a, yeah. you know, but you know, giallo like, are just kind of like serial killer running around. There's no usually not so much like a supernatural element or if there is it's a bit of a hint you know it's not like uh I, well i think uh i mean th there's definitely a kind of like uh there's a bit of a supernatural element in some of argento's uh kind in of like more deep classical. red yeah deep red is very kind of yeah but in something like you know and i would guess yeah i would say if if anyone listening is interested in these kinds of things and it's never i would say a good starting point for giallo is is really kind of the first one which would be uh, the bird with the crystal plumage by Argento. Yeah, that's that's a great one. And that's just kind of... Well, that's, that's his, his, his trilogy, right? Yeah, he has a trilogy. I mean, they're, they're all just very loosely related, but, um, uh, you know, that one... That one's just kind of, yeah, it takes... You can see the DNA that it takes from, from American, <coughs> you know, early noir, from... Uh, was that Argento's first genre? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was. Um... Great score by Morricone, by the way. Yeah. Incredible. Um, all the scores for Gialli, like, it would let it... Uh, but that, that 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 wouldn't be considered the first Giallo film, though. I think it was. I mean, there's others. I, the, Fulci made one well, in, like, the late 60s. Mar Mario, Mario Bava was Mario also Bava. Those are kind of, yeah, exactly. Um, and those are kind of, like, I think it's the first one that, like, people... It starts this, like, period of sure. really, like... <clears throat> And kind of similar to Italo Disco, it starts this period of, I think, from, like, 71 to, like, 75, where it's just pumping out so yeah. many, so <clears throat> many Gialli. And it's kind of like with Italo Disco. I mean, there's a real golden age of just a couple of years there, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, like... It extends on either side, but... Commercial, like, like kind of, um... Not commercial, but kind of popular... Popular forms like that don't tend to extend more than three, four, or five years anyway. Yeah, that's true. Like, same thing is with, with punk, with uh, with disco, with uh, um, with I guess classic westerns extended longer than that probably. Um, yeah, like classic American westerns. Yeah, I um, mean that was a good like two decades. <laughs> yeah, that was a long period. Yeah. But yeah, like in the in the kind of modern in the last fifty years, kind of cultural kind of popular cultural moments don't tend to have shelf lives that extend much longer than a few years. I suppose um, that's true, yeah. But what do you, but what, what about this how do, how do how does like the the way Italo disco I don't know evolves and operates and the way giallo does as these sort of like very specific taking of threads and then stylizing them and kind of making them their own thing. Yeah. Is this is this something are we onto something with this? I think there's something there for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean my my like my like immediate response when you uh, 
Oh, I have a lot that. of sauce on my hand. <laughs> this looks like a giallo, man. It looks like it's just <laughs> about to take my black leather gloves off. and The pizza killer. The pizza killer, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be a better name for that, but that's that's the, yeah, we're, we're on the fly here. It's uh, you know, r- ruby red sauce for... <laughs> for your killer. <laughs> for a November killer or something. <laughs> that's, that's good, that's good. Um... Yeah, uh, my my immediate response though when you when you threw that idea out earlier about um about uh, the kind of the kind of parallels with um with Italo and uh, and Giallo um is that one one that that's kind of a a dynamic that we see later or we see kind of concurrently uh, in like kind of Asian uh, Asian cinema from from the era like in the seventies and eighties mm, yeah um. With a lot like of exploitation movies coming out of Japan. Out yeah, of, yeah, and kind yeah. of pulpy, pulpy, yeah. uh, pulpy riffs on kind of American culture. Yeah, um, and American music. Um, I, like, like, and 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 something that I think we see kind of currently in like brick countries, uh-huh. um, where they kind of riff on kind of American or Eurocentric, whatever riff riff on Western popular culture and kind of mutate it in these really weird ways. So what are some examples contemporarily? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not up enough on contemporary <laughs> culture of any sort to, uh, to really have like a, 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 a good example on hand. Um, let me think. Uh, we, we might need to do some editing here. What have you seen on TikTok lately, Sean? Um, well, no, like, like, I mean, like, there's just, there's, there's plenty of examples in terms of, uh, like, certainly like, say, like contemporary Korean cinema. Yeah, right, right. Um, and and K-pop are also like these, these these like, kind of like, you know these. Yeah, K-pop takes like the boy band of twenty years yes. ago and like makes it something very different. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's that's very similar to what happened with Italo. So it's a mix of like, <coughs> kind of like, uh, fidelity to an idea with some strange mistakes and some kind of amplifying certain aspects. Yeah. and really like, really distorting elements uh that you wouldn't expect um and you wind up with something like new and interesting um, who's the who's the argento of italo the argento of italo would be claudio simonetti I mean. okay oh <laughs> dumb dumb question yeah uh that, that'd be, that'd be yeah, the, sorry <laughs> that'd be the easy one yeah um i, I would say I would say Rago and Farina, though, uh-huh. are probably the Argento of Italo. Who kind of take it into its own, like, really its own thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, really yeah. start to... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm actually not, like, I'm, I'm in some spheres kind of a resident Italo historian. But I'm, I, I'm not enough of a super rigorous historian to be able to date something that would be kind of contemporane- contemporaneous or predating... Uh, the early Rago and Farina. There might be, there might be a, a there might be a better precursor. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, Rago and Farina are really where it's like this is this is taking on, taking on elements of American American disco, elements of new wave, right? Uh, elements of like space disco, like Canadian disco and stuff that was happening, uh, and then just like going all out, right? Um, you know, everything is cranked to eleven. Yeah. Um, you know these super super mournful melodies and blown out drums and everything is just like ragged and overproduced but also underproduced and yeah that's and that's the thing that's so like amazing about Gialli too is like that that simultaneous overproduction and underproduction totally, totally. they're like they're still largely B movies you wouldn't say that they aren't but there's just a uh, yeah all the colors are turned up yeah, as I far mean, as they can go there's an operatic sort of Argento definitely the best example there yeah um, yeah yeah, like literally, just like well, the saturation knob can go to eleven if yeah, we exactly. push it hard enough. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Rago and Farida, I would say, did that, um, and then the rest of Italo, kind of following that, was kind of raining things back. Right, kind of. right. <laughs> um, yeah, Rago and Farina, for for listeners unfamiliar, did. Uh, yeah, what's a couple? What's a couple favorites standouts like, right now? Like, like well, uh, Robot is systematic. Uh, is probably the the big one. I'm, I'm do I I always say that in the with the kind of accent of the Italians. Yeah. Robot is systematic, yeah. not robot is robot is systematic. Like as as an American would actually pronounce it. Um, 
and that, that that's also a weird one. There's it was released twice with slightly different versions under slightly different names. It's Message from the Future, or I can't remember. Um, mm. Electric Workers. Anyway, yeah. So Robot is systematic is is their first real anthem. Another thing Italo Disco and Giallo share is the fact that uh, Gialli will have like twenty titles. Like a single movie will have five <laughs> titles. Was released in three uh, different edits for different markets. Uh, <laughs> right. The dub and the subtitle. I mean, versions that's that's, don't par- that's partially up. that's partially just the era, but yeah. But but Giallo and, and Italian exploitation of the era really really do tend to take that to a pretty yeah, extreme yeah. degree. Yeah. Um, uh, other Rago and Farina favorites, uh, Winexa, the man from colors is like a really weird blown out kind of new wavy, um, 808 driven number, uh, really just like really melancholy. Um, these very like pretty vocals kind of buried very far in the mix and these like, it's, it's a weirdly mixed song, um, but beautiful, um, the one I, the, my personal favorite at this point might actually be Expansive's "Life with You." Mm. <clears throat> that one. That's instrumental, right? No, no. There's vocals. There's very oh. Bee Gees-esque vocals. I think I'm thinking of something different then. Uh, Rock One Free. I mean, there is an instrumental. I th- I'm pretty sure. Um, Rock One Free tracks almost always have vocals, though. Mm. Expansive's is like a super Bee Gees one. It has the falsetto, like the falsetto male vocals. Definitely thinking of a different track. Right? Um, <laughs> It's super Bee Gees, but also super, like, sad, melancholy, new wavy. Right. Um, really strange production, like, lots of, like, like these, like, flanged out hats. Mm. Um, Katie's actually the one who kind of, like, because way, the, the, way back in the day, I always consider that kind of, like, a, a mid-tier Rago and Farina production. Mm. But Katie's the one who was really, like, no, 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 this, this one is incredible. And finally it clicked, and I, I think that's the best one. Mm. Um, but yeah, I really want a Spumoni. Get a Spumoni. I'm gonna Spumoni. Do, do you it. want to vamp a little bit while I do that, or do you <laughs> do want do something? I, I'm good. Okay. I get, uh, maybe maybe another iced tea. I'll get another iced tea. If unsweetened. Have, yeah, if they have unsweetened at the Spumoni stand, then get the okay. unsweetened. Okay. This is all staying in. Lemon. <laughs> uh, lemon, yeah. Or just if they have no flavor, that's good. You don't want Spumoni. No, no lactose. What's that? Spumoni's almonds? It's almond milk? Gotta get back on the mic for this one. I don't think there's any dairy in it. It's all almonds. No, it's ice cream. Yeah, but it's almonds-based. It's not dairy-based. Is, Is that true? Yeah. I had no idea. Let me, let me, let's, all right, we're going to do a little. That will, that'll totally blow my mind. Okay. It's definitely almonds. I just don't know if it, I, I don't think it has any there's dairy no in dairy? it. I mean, it might, maybe it has a little dairy, but... I'm pretty sure it... I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I'll, I'll, my no, mind okay. Be, it's like ice cream mixed with... With almond. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to save it has room a very, for... It has a very prominent almond taste, so I always kind of assumed it was just this weird, like, cold marzipan. Because it's kind of what it tastes like, but... I haven't had Spumoni for a very, very long time. All right, I'm so going to get one and get you an iced tea. Okay. This is now Sean Solo staring at a uh, staring at a pie. We only got through one, two, three, four, five, six slices. That's kind of shameful. Thought we would do more damage. I guess I could maybe have another slice, but I, I'm a little full. I guess I could. I, I could I could do I could do it. I could do it. I wouldn't feel good, but I, I could do it. I could do two more if I really wanted. Really wanted to punish myself, that is. There's no there's no winners and no losers when it comes to pizza. Wow, being alone with your thoughts in a microphone is terrifying. I think I think I feel too strange uh, talking to myself. Chris is back. I no longer have to be alone with my thoughts. I started talking, Chris, and it got weird. <laughs> it got weird. Oh, no. Where'd you go? <laughs> oh, just, I, I don't know. I was staring at the pizza, talking about the pie, and 
and then that's a plus content man staying in just alone with my thoughts i did get you an unsweetened iced tea oh amazing gotta be oh shit i'm getting wrapped up uh yeah no i i I realized just uh i can't remember where i can't remember what i said i i i kind of went into a fugue state okay well we got the it's it's documented it might have to be consigned to oblivion it's very it's very dark oh well My my first impulse when you showed up with that neon green cone or cup rather was to hold the microphone up to it. To let the colors speak. Well yeah, I mean we were talking about Argento. I mean this is like a <laughs> color very Argento, yeah. This is a color palace here. <laughs> um but it doesn't say much. Not much to chew on. You know. This audio is not gonna be very good. But it tastes great. This is the uh, classic rainbow spumoni. It's beautiful. Chocolate, vanilla, and pistachio. And yeah, it's I thought that I thought that spumoni had this strawberry in there too. Is that I'm, I'm, I'm making that up? Not this one. Okay. It does. It sometimes it has strawberry as well, though, right? Probably. Probably sometimes. Yeah. But here, I, I always get it here. I never really get spumoni anywhere else. Anywhere else. And here it's uh, you know pistachio, chocolate, and you know I you know I'm not gonna. Which I prefer. Strawberry? No thanks. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like a good strawberry sorbet, but strawberry ice cream? It's, it's okay. So I, like, I, I'm not much of an ice cream person anyway. Uh, given, the, given the lactose intolerance, I have gotten a little bit into to non-dairy ice cream. Katie's very extremely into ice cream. It's like a kind of religious thing for her. Um, Sorry, I'm trying. It's very it's difficult to eat. easy to eat a eat a slice and and <laughs> and podcasts. Much harder to uh, eat the Spumonium podcast. Next time we need to get mic stands. Hey, I should have brought mic stands. But that would have been. I mean, you know, again, we're just set up at a table here in Spumonium <laughs> at LMB. So that would have been a weird look. Should should get a picture actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> an appropriately shaky shaky picture uh what else do we want to talk about i mean we can keep going on the giallo italo thing there's probably more to mine there uh what else has been going on i don't know i don't know seen any listen to any good nfts lately <laughs> but um, back back to base camp classic <laughs> Yes, and that's what you expect from Basecamp Beta, baby. <laughs> Zingers like that. Zingers and takedowns of uh, <laughs> NFTs or whatever. Uh, what have I listened to? Uh, not really. Not really. Uh, I had a DJ set last last weekend, last last, last weekend or, or whatever. Okay, how'd that go? Uh, it was fine. It was fun. Like, I got to play with um, with my friend Nico, uh, Gall Plus. Um and uh, and my friend I, uh, two dear old friends who I've known for a very long time. <clears throat> so that was a kind of special bill. Haven't seen either of them in forever. Yeah, they're. Uh, I mean, I I actually randomly ran into at sun at Sunrise Mart, kind of. Of course, um, I is always just around in the East Village. So, um, uh, I ran into him uh, like a week or two before he asked me to play it. Uh, it was sort of his going away. Um, he's going to uh, um, train uh, for like Zen priesthood, basically. Um, so yeah, uh, that was that was fun. I played kind of um, given that it was like a going away for I. I played very hard, uh, very hard meathead techno. Lots of like nice. classic Birmingham, basically just classic Birmingham and uh, Slovakian stuff. Great. Um, and it was it was fun. I. Wasn't able to do really any practicing because I spent my practice time um, with uh, my USB sticks not loading correctly, or like they were oh, right, they were yeah. transfer like it took it took like two and a half hours to transfer like yeah you got to get it. you're you're still on USB zero point five or something no no like it was just my like it was USB three right it's just like it took forever 
<coughs> um, and you know, obviously, I've not been doing much DJing uh, of techno these days. No. So I showed up kind of like, okay, well, I didn't practice. Fortunately, uh, DJing techno is kind of like riding a bicycle. Yeah, that's good. <coughs> um, so I didn't like completely embarrass myself, um, just mildly. Just played all of. Oh yeah, there's that new like Regis uh, remaster and stuff. I didn't. I haven't. I haven't checked out the new Penetration remaster. I did. I did play. I did play a track or two off of Penetration. Um, like gotcha. Amazing record. One of my all-time favorite techno LPs. Maybe Penetration might be my favorite, like full-on techno LP as a listening experience. My favorite is. Um, well, it's another Regis. I mean, as far as Regis goes, he had that. There was like this compilation of a. Just the first couple downwards records put onto like a double pack okay. necklace of bites. Necklace isn't necklace of bites. It's got an like LP. Ex- yeah, well, no, but it's just all. It was all stuff that was on twelve inch. It's got like execution ground and. Okay. Um, Does it? Okay. I think so. You know, you you're you're very possibly right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was just like a collection of like the first couple Regis. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think you're right. Cause yeah, like the LPs are. Was it the um. What's the first one called? Careless Pedestrian? There's Delivered into the Hands of Indifference. Right. That's the... the, the delivered penetration. is... Penetration. Delivered Jim. is, is uh, not a huge favorite. I like that one, but yeah, it's kind of... <clears throat> it's a little just... Uh, a little one-dimensional. Yeah, Penetration is just kind of a little more... I don't know, full-throated. Yeah, I mean, Penetration for me is actually kind of when the Birmingham sound fully comes into its own. Because uh, before that, I think it was really mostly riffs on... It was mostly riffs on, like, basically riffs on Step to Enchantment. Like, they recognized that, like, um, that Mills and Hood, uh, they, they recognized the, the, um, the kernel of EBM, basically, that Mills and Hood were, right. were kind of mining. Uh, and they pushed that angle a little further, but it was still more or less kind of formally and aesthetically rooted in Mills and Hood. Yeah. Um, and you know, whatever, a few other, few other, uh, reference points. Um, but I think with, with penetration, the Birmingham sound really, uh, really comes into its own with the kind of more industrial and post-punk notes Mm. really coming forward in 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 an interesting and unique way. Um, and then from around the same time you have, uh, screw the roses, which I think is also like, uh, those, those two statements I feel are like. Birmingham, this is the Birmingham sound. Yeah. Um, and yeah, st- still, like, some of my favorite there was a fun, techno period. There was a fun little video that got posted the other day. It's like an hour-long video from House of God of Surgeon playing. I saw. I didn't get to watch that, but I yeah. saw that. It's pretty, it was from, like, 97 or something. Is it a live set? Yeah, he's up there with a 909. <clears throat> Wild. Yeah. Because <clears throat> li- awesome. live sets at that period... Pretty often we're not like gear gear based. They were just like they'd be up there with a sampler and kind of doing karaoke. Yeah, I mean, it was, I couldn't really see much of what else, but it definitely he was definitely there with the 909. That's if cool. Nothing else. Um, speaking of industrial, I guess we should probably take note of uh, the passing of Richard H. Kirk and yes. maybe talk about Cabaret Voltaire a little bit and all that. Yeah, I mean, I uh, well, what do you say? I don't know. I was listening, listening to the Crackdown. I hadn't listened to that in a long time. I didn't actually do a uh, a personal retrospective moment. I should I, have. The first, the my first compulsion of everything that you could pull from Richard H. Kirk. My first compulsion was to pull uh, and listen to Sweet Exorcist, Test One. Fair. It's just an unimpeachable classic. One of my favorites. Yeah, it's it's very it's very pure. It's a pure distillation of an idea. Not only yeah, not only do they invent you know industrial music, <laughs> right. but then. You know what? Twelve years later, yeah, he basically invents bleep. Yeah, this is what like Warp's second or third record. It's one of the first few. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the catalog. Just numbers. like single-handedly invents. Yeah, a, a, a whole genre. Yeah, totally, total genius. Um, and still kind of undersung in that in that regard. Um, yeah, it's weird. Like his his influence on um, electronic dance, his direct influence on electronic dance music is much less kind of um just it, it's it's that's less in popular discourse than than the cab's influence yeah yeah i mean people I'm like of course cabaret voltaire and industrial all leads to uh techno and house 
eventually through some securitous routes, um, and especially when you're talking about people like Regis, you know, where their formative experiences are coming from. But you're right. I mean, the like, I know the Virtual State album that Richard yeah. H. Kirk made. You know, this is, which is like a fax record, basically. Um, you know, he's making ambient and directly inventing bleep. Yeah. And, you know, doing other stuff under Sandaws and some other aliases that's just directly late 80s, early 90s. Like, at that time, yeah. a major figure in the scene itself, not as a grandfather, but as a participant, yeah, as totally, an active Totally, not, Yeah, not, 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 not as a spiritual figure or something, but yeah. as, like, like, or, yeah, or like a legacy act, kind of, like, right. dabbling in a new form. He was actually innovating, yeah. still innovating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're right that that aspect of it is uh, of his career is, is strangely under 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 sun. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, obviously, obviously, true heads know, but um, you know, we yeah. don't need to tell any of you this. <laughs> it's it is something that kind of like it still does get weirdly overlooked. So yeah. Um, my but stomach doesn't feel great from the dairy. I'm gonna say. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. How many slices did you have? Just t- two or three. Mm. Two. At four. So I had two. I was counting the slices that we ate to myself. Oh, shit. <laughs> when, uh, when I was alone with the microphone. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had four. <laughs> Better man than I. No, just more hungry, <laughs> I guess, or uh, less self-control. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I was listening to uh, Crackdown and uh, Red Mech, you know, all the classics, going through yeah. the classics. And yeah. they're classics for a reason. Incredible albums. Red Mecca is, you know. Red Mech is amazing. It just doesn't get much better than that. That was the first Cabaret Voltaire LP that I owned. Mm. Um. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing musician. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, heard he was kind of a dick. Hey. Who isn't? <laughs> um, yeah. What else do you say? <clears throat> I don't know. I, uh, I think it's the spumoni on top of the four <laughs> slices that I'm... You're feeling a little foggy? No, I'm just start, yeah, starting to hit a bit of a wall physically. I mean, podcasting is a very physical activity, you know? It is, it it's is. It's a lot of physicality going on right now. It is. Um, like I said, I'm feeling powerful, but starting to starting to drag a little bit. Yeah, I... Uh, the stomach... Oh, the, there's a flock of birds fighting over a scrap of pizza over here it's this is i mean they know where to set up man the birds are smart oh yeah it's a beautiful scene i'm starting to rain again now this is now this is actually very giallo isn't it this is very giallo yeah and it's (laughs) raining which is good i saw a good i saw a good um saw a good giallo recently that i had never seen before um, Chi la vista morire? Who I, saw her die? I don't know that one. Great giallo title. Um, amazing giallo, really. Incredible score from Morricone, and it takes place in Venice, and uh, concerns like you know, the main character, his his daughter getting killed. Very Don't Look Now, but it came out before Don't Look Now. Interesting. Um, came out like one or two years before, huh. but like, it's the giallo that you'd be like, oh, this is a Don't Look Now ripoff, right? But it came out right before. Go figure. Kind of nuts how that happens. Well, it's a good one. Anyway, so this vibe right now, you know, kind of this rainy, watery vibe. You know, Pizza, birds. We're in, you know, we're in Brooklyn, the Venice of New York. (laughs) We're in Gravesend right now. It's, you know. Um, Yellow, of course. Not mentioned earlier, but very the the seeing the birds triggered how how well just how uh, very Hitchcock uh, Hitchcock yeah of course yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, in fact there's like a late I ne- I never saw it but there was a late Argento movie called I think it's just called like Tipiace Hitchcock like do you like Hitchcock yeah 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 <laughs> that's a, like a ni- late nineties or two thousands one I think yeah yeah right it's like I, uh, I wonder how much because yeah, like Scream wasn't like Scream like the premise of Scream in the beginning that like it's like do you like scary movies yes yeah he was he was probably riffing on that probably yeah I haven't seen Scream in forever you think it's worth revisiting no probably my, not. my my gut reaction is that it isn't yeah 
I feel like it probably is not actually good at all. I don't know. <sighs> feeling good? <laughs> uh, feeling great, man. Feeling great. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the lactose stomach is, is hitting me a bit. I feel like... Uh, I mean, I still got some spumoni here. This is this is live podcasting. You get you get all the warts, all the hiccups, all the glitches, all the the live live Sean stomach failure. Oh yeah. This mm. is the stuff we edit out of the podcast normally. Sean's stomach going off. Yeah, we're not editing that out this time. <laughs> this is raw. This is unfiltered. What time are we at? Uh, I think we've been actually going for almost an hour. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we've been go- we got like 40 minutes or something, at least 40, 50 minutes. Okay. Probably good. I think that's probably good. I, I, yeah. We hit a couple themes. We, yeah, we, we, we got on a bunch of stuff. We did a hardcore uh, examination of Spumoni. Yeah. Uh, we covered uh, Jallo and Italo. And I found out that Spumoni, I guess, does have ice cream in it. Does have yeah. dairy, probably. Yeah, we 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 learned a lot about uh, don't come about the world and about ourselves. Yeah, just don't come here and eat Spumoni and think like because I said it doesn't have dairy. You know, <laughs> let's dispel this myth right away. I don't know, and the Wikipedia article was very unclear about it. So I'm gonna say it probably does have a little dairy. In it. I'm pretty sure it does. But 